been a long day. Grab a cold drink and step into the man cave. Your host, J.D. Harris and friends are getting the discussion together. So it's sure to be an exciting hour of fun and talk. We want to hear from you too, so get ready to speak your mind. We don't judge here. Now your hosts of the Man Cave, J.D. Harris and friends. Hey everybody, it's Wednesday, hump day, and also time to chill in the cave day. Uh, I actually am going live today from Facebook from my account. Uh, I've been on the road so much, your boy is just tired. So um, there's a lot going on in sports and um, a lot just going on. Um, one of the things is, it's funny, uh, of course it would be close to the world coming to an end with the uh, whole thoughts of with Russia and stuff like that, and it would figure that the Cubs would be fighting to go to the World Series doing uh, times like that. Kind of funny, cynical, me being cynical with it. But, you know, Cubs are down 1-2. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that these guys get it together. It would be good for the city. Uh, it would be an awesome World Series if you had, like, the Cubs versus Cleveland. I mean, that – it just has so many ties for me because I worked at both places and uh, obviously I have a strong love for Chicago. Can't say the same about Cleveland and I don't think too many people in Cleveland says that about Cleveland, but that's a whole nother thing. So uh, last I looked, I was watching, uh, catching up with the Indians versus or Cleveland versus the Blue Jays. I really personally hate using the term. Uh, Indian, especially as it relates to uh, sports mascots and those things of that nature. So it's um, to see Cleveland uh, and the Blue Jays, I think is good for that city and the people there in Cleveland, uh, you know, just having what's happened with the Cavaliers and <clears throat> being the world champions for basketball. And now you have this situation coming up with the Indians battling to be in the World Series. I think the last time they were in the World Series was either 97 or 98. And I actually had, was fortunate to watch them get beat by the Marlins in Miami uh, while working with the Bears. And uh, that was actually my first World Series or my only World Series game to go to. Um, but it was good. Um, it was a great game. And I really hope that both of the underdogs, which – I'm kind of torn with the Cubs and Dodgers, but that's where my Chi-Town roots kick in stronger uh, <clears throat> because the Dodgers is one of my favorite teams. Kershaw is the man. Going back, watching Matt Kemp, uh, walk, watching, going back to Jackie Robinson. Um, even, I think, Gary Bennett from my hometown played for him for a while. You also you had um, Sheffield. So Dodgers has a lot of good and great history um but you know this one i root for the cubbies so let's you know win this game tonight so we can see uh what's happening but in other news this, and you know we talk about this often this is probably the most sports active month there is in the calendar i mean you have hockey starting you have baseball the championships ending you're kind of getting the heat of things in the uh, NFL and college football and basketball. I mean, uh, well, college basketball will start shortly, but you have college football in the mix. And so it's just like you can really 
if you sat in and watched ESPN, you could be inundated with sports. And so I have to make sure I take the time to uh, actually read a book once in a while because it's just so exciting. Uh, yeah, the preseason and all that's gone on in the offseason with the NBA, you know, you, you're having the little kind of rants, not necessarily rants, but with uh, Kevin Durant, you know, still focus on where he just left and not, you know, having the pundits like Charles Barkley and different people say, just mind your business and enjoy where you are. And now it's coming out that Golden State was already looking to pursue him um, during during the duration of last season. So it's going to be interesting. I think that uh, KD and those boys, they still got to play. So I don't think it's a given with the championship. And, you know, as long as King James is out there, uh, they'll battle. They'll be in contention. Um you know, and we'll see what happens. I like to see what happens with the Bulls, the Knicks. I think, obviously, I believe that football has the most parity of any of the sports. Even going into the college level, uh, you just can't really count on, uh, at the beginning of the season, who's going to win. You like to say, we can say always it's going to be New England, but it's not a given. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. And other news, and this is kind of funny, to, it's not funny, but uh, D. Rose has been cleared uh, in a civil trial uh, with his two friends of gang rape. And when I, I don't mean this by funny, but I'm going to use it, to, uh, what I mean by funny is when they said his girlfriend. And I'm like, really? What dude shares his girlfriend? And that would raise suspicion right there. I mean, anyone... I. Maybe it's a new thing, and I don't know about that. But my girlfriend is not sharing with anyone, male or female. And to say his two friends and uh, him with his girlfriend, I was like, wow, that's uh, that's pretty interesting. I, I wonder if he really acknowledged her as his girlfriend before then. And when you read the story, uh, what happened, I mean, obviously his lives and stuff like that are involved and. I'd never take a, such a thing as rape uh, lightly, but also, on the other hand, you have to look at it too. It's like once even proven innocent, sometimes the guilt still uh, rides over you, although this went to civil court. Um, but I'm glad for D. Rolls uh, and those guys that, you know, this case is done, given if, you know, that it was not done, but it just got me. I was like, girlfriend, Really? So anyway, uh, that's with that. But I just got back, uh, spent the past two weeks on the road. Dang there, I really forgot about the show last week as I was in Oklahoma. Um, before that, gone, went back to my hometown and uh, was able to speak to the kids and things like that and uh, watch a couple football games, uh, watch my nephews, really proud of them. And then going into Oklahoma, I've through my company, High Intensity Sports, forged a relationship with um, some people down there. And it's really interesting because Darnell Autry, for those of you that don't know, Darnell uh, played for Northwestern. He was, like I think, fourth in the Heisman candidacy uh, when the Northwestern Wildcats went to the Rose Bowl. Darnell and I have had 
develop a uh, friendship actually even be around that time. Uh, those guys, we all used to grow up and go play, uh, work out in the summers while we we're in college before the season on our own. Uh, so I had guys from my hometown and, you know, guys that were on that team. Well, Darnell uh, just so happened to be friends with uh, a young la a lady that actually moved to Oklahoma, big on rodeo. So Darcy's, uh, Darcy Smith and her husband, can't believe this, his name is Will Smith. I was like, the black one or the white one? <laughs> and so he just so happens to be the white one. But anyway, and Will gets that all the time, and I even know the dude existed for a long time. So anyway, uh, went out there, and this is this town is so unique. It's an oil town, and basically what's happened, um, you know, with oil, uh, with the downgrade of gas going down and costs and things like that, it's happened, and the oil field's kind of drying up. It basically you know, has an impact on that community. So, but you go there, it's like everybody, and I've said this before, to pick up trucks and things like that, but just very welcoming. Uh, it's really known as a basketball town, but just to see um, football making this maturation, going from eight man to 11 man, and the guy, even the little kids, they're all excited. So when I go into Merritt, it's just, it's a blast. And uh, we went in this week and, or this past week and thought we were going to get a W. And unfortunately, we lost. But there's actually a nice article. It's on my personal page. It's also on the high or the Man Cave page in high intensity that talks about the relationship that uh, I've started to forge, not only with the community, but the head coach. Uh, coach Richardson, great man. Uh, and it's very interesting because his assistant coach is his father-in-law. And so in, in the next couple towns over, his brother-in-law is a head coach. So his wife is just, Tony, God bless you. you. You and your mom have a lot to deal with. And I'm like, I wonder when they fight what happens. Like, do they not talk at Sunday dinner? Stuff like that. So it, it, it's just a real interesting place. But went there. And unfortunately, we lost, but it was great seeing the guys out there, you know, uh, being competitive. And again, they're 3-3 three and three right now, and this is their first year in 11-man football. Sometimes you're lucky to win one game. And like I told you guys before, they're, they've actually won their first game. They won 74-10. to 10. And the team we beat last, or that they lost to last week, uh, was a team that's been in the state playoffs, and they have a a richer history when it comes to football. So I'm really interested to see what happens um, with them during the duration of the season. So go Oilers. Hopefully you get this win so I can go check you guys out during uh, playoffs because I want to go in there and help you guys kick some butt. So let's see what happens. Anyway, uh, going back into college football, the rankings are – Kind of the obvious ones, you got Bama. I usually only deal with the top four, top five. You have Ohio State, Michigan, and Clemson. And, I mean, this is not so surprising because I, I thought it would be two teams and uh, two teams in the Big Ten that would be up there. And, you know, Bama is who they are. And it's going to be 
I, I still think, and uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get back from break, about what I think is going to happen to Bama. So come back and join us in a few. All right. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network. And let's talk football. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. Back goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. What is up, y'all? Anyway, uh, before going into break, was talking about Bama. And I think that you can only go so far with a true freshman quarterback. And they still have a couple tough games ahead. Like, it's not a given that Auburn would just lay down for them. Of course, I do believe Bama has the best players or the best team in the league right now on college football. But, heck, LSU has some new teeth. You know, they got, you know, after firing a coach, usually right away you have some changes. You have guys that are a little bit more hungry. And so – Given those two teams or those changes, I don't think it's a guarantee that Bama walks into the playoffs unscathed. Um, then Ohio State, they still have a couple tough ones on their uh, schedule. I Obviously, Michigan is going to be a good one. I hope that 
either team is not really penalized because of their loss. Um, because I think that it's just not fair in a sense. You know, you can lose earlier in the year, but you can't use uh, lose later. So they need to have some type of thing in place where it again a guy a team that loses later is not penalized, but a team that loses earlier isn't. Um, but I can see Michigan State actually giving Ohio State some fits. I mean, even though they're not the Michigan State of old, but they're still they're they just been a scrappy team. I mean, I just over the past five or six years, you can't really count them out, and they're actually the dream breakers. So it's going to be interesting. But uh, this past weekend, I was able to watch the Ohio State Wisconsin game. And I'm not going to lie, I was torn, not because I'm a Badger fan per se, but I do I do appreciate their brand of football. I mean, they're going to run the ball at you. Uh, you know, they're going to take a couple shots downfield. But what you see, I mean, they're just a competitive team. And, you know, maybe I'm a little biased because I'm from the Midwest and the whole Big Ten deal. But it's just it's pretty interesting to see uh, what's going to transpire uh, with that with the Big Ten and the records and stuff like that. So right now, I actually think that, you know, both teams, I, I don't think Ohio State will lose. They'll have some close games. And then, you know, Clemson, I don't see them losing anymore. So I could very well see what the top four is being the four uh, playoff teams being Bama, Ohio State, Michigan, and Clemson. Um, and I am going, believe it or not, at the beginning of the year, I thought Ohio State all the way, but Michigan scares me. Um, and being a Notre Dame, Ohio State guy, that's a tough thing for me to say, but I can really see Michigan taking a run and just going at it to see Nick Saban versus John Har or Jim Harbaugh, uh, I would I, the battle of the wits with those guys. It would just be awesome to see that for a national championship, and it'd be a great storyline as well. Um, so, but again, there's parity in college football, as I stated before. But I'm really interested who's going to get the Heisman. I don't feel like there's one person that has literally just took the Heisman and owned it or in terms of the run this year. I mean, you know, you had Deshaun Watson, took the L. So, I mean, took or had close games in Jackson, close games. Burnett at one time at the beginning of the season was considered. Do you go to JT Barrett? I mean, where who wins the Heisman? And, I mean, do you give it to the freshman at Alabama? We know that defensive players usually get shunned for it. Uh, for that, it's really a, to me the Heisman is a quarterback first award. They might as well say the quarterback quarterback Heisman Trophy winners uh, because that's typically who get them. And then the next is running back. So it, it'll be interesting um, to see who pulls out with that. And I am really, I think that I'm going to go on a limb and say. Michigan wins the national championship. I might feel different next week. I still have time, 
so I can go ahead and uh, just guess now, but it shall be interesting to see who gets it. Um, next thing going into it, the games I'm looking forward to this weekend is watching uh, Miami, which I'm glad to see that that program is getting back on track uh, to see Miami versus Virginia Tech. I think that'll be a nice physical game. Um, and then Bama versus Texas Tech. I, I forgot about that game. That's not a given for Bama either. I mean, because they're so unconventional at times, I think as a coach, those are teams that always frighten me because they just do some abstract things and create some things to happen. Um, that this could be the week. So I'm on record saying Texas Tech could be a shocker. Um, it'll be interesting. And then Illinois versus Michigan. Illinois is a team once in a while that will find a way to come back and give you fits. You know, uh, throughout the years, they've at times been a Achilles heel for um, Michigan. In fact, hometown Johnny Johnson went back and beat Michigan in the big house. So that is, I really feel like it's not a given that Michigan will blaze through the Big Ten, but I think Lovey and the guys will be ready. And seeing that they have some history of coaching against each other at the pro level, uh, but Michigan will pull out the game. But getting into the NFL, it's really interesting this year. I'm looking at rookie of the year. Who are some people? I see Rakeem on. Who do you guys think will be rookie of the year? I'm checking the Facebook Live, too. So if you have an idea of who you think the rookie of the year should be, let me know. Because, I mean, me personally, I would like to say Dak Prescott. Um, he's done nothing but win one turnover that he's had a fumble, not even a, I'm, I'm, or a fumble and an interception, two turnovers. Getting that out of rookie quarterback is not bad. Now, granted, the division that he plays in is garbage right now. Um, I would like to see a little bit more from the NFC East. I feel like they're scrappy, but they just – it's just so inconsistent. But yet, again, the Giants have won two Super Bowls in the past, what, 10 years. So uh, it will be very interesting what's going on. Um, let's see what John says. There's a lot of people having comments. Um, but it'll be interesting to see Dak. I mean, or besides Dak, you could go with Ezekiel Elliott. He's having one heck of a season. So let's just see. I'm going to take Ezekiel, defensive rookie of the year. That's still up to question for me. I mean, it's it's a tight race. I, I mean, I would look at, in terms of offensive player of the year, that too can be thrown up. Do you go to Sam Bradford, who, I mean, he comes into the season or supposedly playing at Philly. Do you go to... David Johnson with Arizona Cardinals. I mean, thank God for David because my fantasy is benefiting greatly. I mean, David Johnson has just been beasting. I went into the game this week, and it was hilarious. I'm at the Cardinals game, 
and I'm down 15 points in fantasy, and David Johnson bails me out. And, I mean, he puts, what, 31, 32 points up in fantasy. The dude is a beast, and you can see the identity of the Cardinals actually changing. So could he be Offensive Player of the Year? I mean, does Julio get it for just a single game? It's a lot of different people that, in terms of Offensive Player and MVP, for that matter, um, that you you could put up there. I mean, are they going to the voters going to hold it against Tom Brady because you know he's going to come back and just tear up the league? Um, the person that if he turns around, you know, we will see what happens. But the person that we expected was a Green Bay Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, what in the heck is going on in Cheeseland? Are they putting too much beer in his brats? Your boy normally is lighting it up, moving around. But, you know, today Greg Jennings throws some shade at him. It's just like, hey, when things are going well, it's always Aaron Rodgers. When things are going bad, it's the receivers not getting open. You know, it's the run game and it's all these other things. So I guess uh, Greg Jennings was feeling more like Aaron Rodgers was Teflon Don. Nothing sticks to him. But, you know, I don't think he'll go an entire season playing this bad. I mean, even last year when he started playing bad, the last, uh, when he came after he got beat around with Arizona, he came in and lit us up. And it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. So, and then you go to comeback player of the year. Would you say that Sam Bradford? I would probably go in that direction with him. Uh, Sam has carried the team. Well, not carried it well because you've had the loss of Adrian Peterson. You know, he stayed poised. He's not doing his former things of turning over the ball. Right now, he's staying upright and healthy. So it's always interesting uh, with this game because you're always one play from not playing and you're one play from being a star. And so um, it's going to be interesting to see how everything transpires with the Vikings and that. And then let's look at the hot teams. Can you believe that we're even talking about the Vikings? I look at the Vikings that they were nowhere in the radar. I had Green Bay winning the MC, NFC North. I felt like they had the firepower. I felt Oakland would do well. I felt that the Steelers would do well. I was kind of questioning once J.J. Watt was out. I didn't know Houston would stay on their role. Um, Dallas was a team that I really felt would do well. Um, and then, yeah, the Falcons, I'm not going to lie, that whole division, I call that NFC South uh, the toilet bowl division. And, you know, you have some guy, you have the Falcons playing tough, and they're smacking people in the mouth. So we're going to be back in a few but uh, let's get ready. I'm going to look at this Facebook and answer some of these questions you guys are posting me regarding uh, the show. So we'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. So we're back talking about the hot teams in the NFL. So you have in the NFC North, you have the Vikings running that thing right now. But let's not sleep. And I can't believe I'm saying this. The Chicago Bears are starting to put a little fight in them. Um, it'll be interesting when if when Jay Cutler is healthy, if they put him back in. I think at this time is the perfect exodus for him. And I think is a perfect time for the team just to move on, uh, and you know, ride out this year with with what they have now, and just keep it and go forward. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, is some trouble in paradise now with Big Ben down. They're saying he could be out over a month. Uh, it could also go up to eight weeks, and you know, we saw last year what Landry was able to do for a game or so when he relieved uh, Mike Vick uh, against the Cardinals. But I'm really questioning. I, I wish more teams um, held on to proven vets. Like, you know, why isn't Mike Vick on a team? Why isn't a Vince Young still in the league? Um, I think those guys are some viable backups that would have a lot to contribute. Um then you go to Houston. Um, same thing, you know. They're they're doing well despite despite not having JJ Watt. I mean, I thought I would see a little bit more out of the, out of their receivers, but you know, that's is Jadavian Clowney's team right now for this season on defense, um, and they have to start thinking. You know what? JJ Watt is kind of getting injured a little bit more often. We need to start getting some depth, you know, outside of that. But I think with them going to Denver, it's going to be interesting. I still think Denver comes out and wins that division. I don't think Houston holds on. Uh, I think Denver has a little bit more cohesion in terms of they didn't have too many parts that are missing. But who knows? And then you have Dallas. Uh, that NFC East right now 
if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let Tony sit where he needs to sit on a bench or a clipboard or trade him. Um, I, th- you know, you, I believe this is last week or no, last week was last week. You trade him, I believe, or Wednesday is the, de- the today is the deadline, I think. So let's get Tony out of there or keep him for the rest of the season because the issue has always been having depth at backup. And, you know, you got Mark Sanchez. There's a few teams right now. <laughs> the Jets might take Sanchez back. Uh, but you know, I would just say if I'm Dallas, I coast out the rest of the season with the young bucks. You have them just working together rather than break that up and bring Tony in. I think that that just sets them back. Um, and you've seen what Tony Romo can be, but you don't know all that Dak can be. And one thing Dak has shown is composure. He's shown the ability to lead. The guys on the team are following him, and they're believing that he's the dude. And quarterback having stability at quarterback is very key, I mean, for teams in the NFL. You can have a lot of changes at running back and things like that, and it doesn't always have the same impact as it does when your quarterback is down. And that's the one thing. Tony Romo has shown himself to be good when healthy, but he's not healthy often. So having him there, having him mentor, and then at the end of the year, you know, now you have some leverage. You can put him and Dez on a block, on a trade block, and see what you can get. You know, it's something that would take a nice vet like Tony Romo, and even if it's just even in a division, just to get some intel as a backup. You know, you don't think that Eli could use a backup, Washington, um, I don't, or bet backup in Philly. I just don't think he'll be the man um, that he once was. Heck, he might, the Jets might take him. Um, I have a couple other destinations for him as a backup. I could see him doing well here in Arizona um, because you, you're coming into a situation where this could be the last year for Larry or next year. Uh, and so you're going to need another receiver because Michael Floyd is a free agent, you know, and so I, and now with Duran, Duran Brown getting hurt, things like that, you know, you got to start looking at some other options. Uh, unfortunately, you can't have uh, Michael Floyd as trade bait because he'll be uh, unrestricted next year, but there are some different th- places I could see, like, where they could use a Tony Romo. Because Carson's been getting hurt, and I just think that a little spark and a draft pick, I'm not telling them to do this in lieu of a draft pick, but I would love to see the Cardinals draft a quarterback uh, of high standards. I feel like the past couple years, or past few years, you know, having the ability, both Chicago and Arizona, you could have had Russell Wilson, you could have had Dak. And, you know, the guys aren't taking those chances, and it shows. Now you need teams with depth win. Um, New England has guys that typically can play on the bench, and the guys are in the system. They've developed the guys there, and they haven't built their team off of free agency. I mean, free agency is just a little extra adhesive, but the draft is the nails that holds your team together. So it'll be interesting. Looking at the Raiders, 
that's another team of young guns. And I, I, I see the Raiders almost like Dallas with the exception Dallas has the old line. I mean, it's just unreal with their old line. But the Raiders, you got Khalil Mack that you can move them all over the field and he just causes havoc. I really say this, and I don't like to say this early about uh, a player, but I see Javon DeWitt. Coach DeWitt is on here. Do you see Khalil Mack being a Hall of Fame linebacker or DN? I mean, the kid is special. Um, and then you go on an offensive side of the ball, you have Derek uh, Carr just, I mean, he plays within the system. And uh, you have Crabtree being a wily veteran that's, making the tough catches, and you have uh, Amari Cooper that, you know, is going to get some double teams at times, but one-on-one, I mean, I just think he's a very uh, well-rounded receiver. And then they have depth at running back. Uh, the kid from Notre Dame, I think this week, he Atkinson's is his name, or Washington, when he gets in, it's very hard to uh, defend him uh, preseason, I think he he's the one that broke for about 80 yards. So it'll be interesting to see. I I could see the Raiders kind of just kicking butt and taking names as well. Uh, Seattle, Seattle is just I, they're almost like Florida State in a sense where Florida State in a game, the first two or three quarters you're just like here we go they're about to take an L, and then they've shown a way to win in the fourth. I see Seattle like that with their season itself. You know, it's always like something going on at the beginning, you know, uh, whether in the past has been Marshawn Lynch, whether it was a passing oriented team or a run oriented team. And then as the season progresses, they just, however, whatever Pete Carroll does, it works. He gets them ready for when they need to be ready. They need to be ready for the postseason. He make they're, they're always scrappy, going uh, getting ready for the playoffs. Um, Russell is doing you know even with him, he starts off his game and his season's kind of slow. Then he just all of a sudden you get to about week six, week eight, and then he just turns the thing on and it's like hide your kids and put the babies to bed because this dude is about to do some damage. So Seattle. Even with losing uh, Bruce Irving to the Raiders, and that's another thing. You got Khalil Mack and Bruce Irving. That's, man, I feel sorry for opposing uh, offensive lines because some dudes going to lose their job over those dudes. But going to Seattle, now they're, you know, they're getting those Jimmy Graham once-in-a-while sightings. Um, I still think that they need to address the wide receiver deal. That wouldn't be a bad place for Dez to go. Uh, with the Russell Wilson, things like that. But Seattle is going to be very interesting to see where they go in terms of this season. Um, do they make any good, big moves? Because they're the one team that has some boldness in terms of not going with the normal way of doing things in the league. They go for the person that's going to best help them win now and because they know that window of opportunity is so short. So it'll be interesting. Um, then you have the Falcons. I just, I can't put my faith in them. 
they've shown hints of being very, very good, a team on an uprise, and then those wings stop soaring. And, you know, their defense is playing well. Dan Quinn is doing a great job with getting those guys together. At Matt Ryan, I think he's a good quarterback, but is he that top-tier quarterback? And that's something I question. I don't know if Matt Ryan is that dude. Um, and just the consistency there. So I think right now they'll be fine. Um, but I, I can't, I can't see new Orleans staying down for long and let's hope they get some things fixed there in Carolina, uh, with cam. And the big issue this week has been with him pouting again. And I'm just going to say, first of all, that's a big grown man is a couple words I want to put in front of that, but dude needs to, I mean, and, and it's easier to say. You know, I feel like one in one way the league is trying to take the emotion out of sports, and sports is entertainment. You have high, high, you have that climatic high, and you have some low parts. Um, but being a professional, you just got to be it. But I get Cam hates losing, and I mean, I want that in my quarterback. I don't want a gracious loser at quarterback. I want the extension of me on the field to be a dude that hates losing, and he's going to drive all those around him um, crazy if we're losing. So it'll, it'll be interesting. But now what's going on in the league this week, you got uh, Perfect doing the thing. <laughs> Marvin Lewis better take control of this team. Like – you know who you have. Like anybody that's coached knows who their hotheads are. And man, you got and you got to put that dude in control. You got to make sure that he, in those key situations, it's like, hey, dude, if you do it again, you're gone. I mean, you know, in the same thing, you got fined seventy five thousand uh, dollars for this last week's deal, and yeah, D'Angelo Williams speaking out against them, saying basically he's unsafe and bad for the league. So, you know, it's like, what are you going to do uh, in terms of as a coach in the league? But I know what we're about to do. We're about to go to break, uh, and we'll be back. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. 
Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're inside the man cave. We're ready to talk with you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to J.D. Harris at high-intensitysports.com. Now, let's get back to the show. We're back in the house. So anyway, I'm going to uh, finish up a couple of thoughts and then I'm going to answer some of these questions that uh, have been on Facebook. So... I think Odell Beckham, another one with McAdoo, is like uh, very similar to Burfick. It's like these guys, a lot of these guys are hypersensitive and hyper-emotional. And you got to be able to have control rage. And when it becomes, when it starts to become a distraction and you have to look, and I get Odell. I mean, whenever, if anyone has ever coached receivers, you will all understand this. First of all, I've never heard a receiver that said he wasn't open. That's one thing. And then you got to take into play a receiver might get targeted three to five times a game, and that's pretty good. If you're getting targeted at least five times a game, that's actually solid. So these guys aren't getting the ball, and then just with the way things are now, yeah. It, it becomes a mess. So you almost you need somewhere where like a Beckham, where like a Aaron Rodgers. Putting him in Green Bay, he's fine. Aaron is the dude, or sending him to New England. Then Tom Brady is like, you know, Bill Belichick is going to tell him to shut up. Tom Brady's like, I'm the man. Look at me. Look at my wife. Look at my bank account. Look at these. Um, so you have that. Uh, so I, I expect a lot of big moves to happen in this offseason, even though we're just in the first quarter or a little bit over the first quarter of the season, um, which a lot of people are saying the viewing is going down because of the quality of the game. Uh, and you're going to find at the owners meeting, uh, the coaches are bringing that up for more, more coaching time uh, because right now, I mean, it's like – easy and smooth for a player in the NFL. You barely have practice uh, compared to guys in the past. You're not hitting as much, things like that. These guys have it easy. So uh, I have Isaac uh, Reyes from my hometown. Isaac is asking, is Minnesota real? Right now, I mean, their defense is going. Do I think, yes, they're real. Do I think they'll win it? No. Uh, I think that Minnesota having a great defense, working with Rick Spillman and George Payton, who are uh, the GM and the assistant GM of the team, and Zimmer, uh, who has just been notorious when he was in Cincinnati for uh, putting together great defenses. Defense wins ball games or championships, and 
they're putting the pieces together. But I think the loss of depth at quarterback and more importantly, Adrian Peterson is going to catch up to him at the second half of the season. Um, if I'm them, I'm beating down doors and free agency, things like that, just trying to develop another running back. And they're a young team um, the next year or two. That could be a possibility, but this year I just don't see that happening. Um, Terrell Jackson asked, what do I feel about the Eagles? I think, again, I think there's a lot of teams that are overachieving this year. Uh, you, If someone that is a Eagles fan can name, without looking up, their receivers, I'll give you a dollar. That's all I'll give you is a dollar. Um, you, Someone else is just – I. I did not think that the transformation for them would happen this fast with uh, the Chip Kelly era. Uh, speaking of the Chip Kelly era, Collins back in San Fran, uh, starting. Well, he started last week. They lost. I don't care. I don't know if I'm Collins that I signed, even though they pulled out that insurance policy. I don't know if I let them off the hook with my contract. But, you know, too, when you want to play and, you know, it's very important to get uh, that film out there for everybody else to see, you know, that you do what you got to do. But I am not – I don't care. I think if you bring Tom Brady to San Fran right now, it's just going to be booty. And I did say booty. A lot of people probably don't even know what booty is. But I'm saying booty, that's what I feel like San Fran is. I think they'll play well in their division, but they'll do enough to ruin it for everybody else. But I don't think they'll do what it takes to um, be a formidable team this year. Um, so, but it's interesting. Um, I, I'm going to go into the picks for this week. It's funny. My phone hasn't rang all day. I'm getting phone rings, messages. No shout-outs today, fellas. Sorry. We're going to go Chicago at Green Bay. Even though Green Bay is down, I don't think they're out. I'm going to take Green Bay. Sorry, my Bears fans, T-Med, everybody. Much love to y'all, but I can't see them taking this many in a row. Uh, New York versus L.A. And it's in London. So I'm going to give it to New York as a shorter trip. Uh, less time to get acclimated. If any of you guys have taken that trip, I'm telling you it's brutal, uh, especially flying from L.A. I've flown that far from uh, San Fran, and it's it's a beast. Uh, you have New Orleans at Kansas City. For some reason, I just I can't sell into Kansas City. I always have hope in Drew Brees. He just finds a way to get it done. Um, that's going to be interesting, but I'm going to take New Orleans at Kansas City. Kansas City has the defense, but I think, you know what? I'm going to renege. I renege, just like Spades. I'm going to take Kansas City because I think the noise factor could be an issue with the Saints, although they're used to playing in that noise. But they're another team. Name a receiver on their team. Drew Brees just throws touchdowns to unknown dudes. Uh, shoot, I could play for him right now. <laughs> um, 
the Colts at Tennessee. I made a mistake last week on my fantasy of rolling, uh, rolling with Russell Wilson when I should have went with uh, Mariota. So I'm not going to make that same mistake twice, on my fantasy at least. Uh, I'm going to take Tennessee Titans over Indy. There's something going on there, and they got to get it fixed. Uh, Minnesota at Philly. That's going to be interesting. I'm going to take Minnesota because the, I feel like Zimmer is going to put so much pressure on the young dude that is going to be turnover city. The mistake by the late Cleveland Browns at Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to have to go with Cincinnati, although that divisional rivalry is usually a good one. And if Cleveland can sneak a game in, this would be the one. Um, I'm going to say Cincinnati wins this by blowout. You have Washington at Detroit. And, you know, Washington has a lot of great individual players. Detroit, with the exception of Calvin Johnson missing, pretty much has a lot of the same players. I'm going to take Detroit at Washington. I mean, against Washington. Oakland at Jacksonville. These are two teams that was supposed to be garbage at the beginning of the season, but I felt like they made the right moves in the draft and, you know, over the past couple years. But I'm going to take Oakland at Jacksonville. I think uh, Ramsey, yeah, you might lock him up on Crabtree. If I'm new, I'll take put him on Cooper and make Crabtree beat me, separate. So, and I don't, they don't have enough to do that, so I'm going to take Oakland. Buffalo at Miami. I think Rex saves his job. He gets another dub at Miami because there's no coaches coming up on that. Let's go Baltimore at New York. Uh, I am going to believe that New York is going to lose. <laughs> That's all. That They're going to lose Tampa Bay at San Fran. Let's go Tampa Bay. I think both of I think Tampa Bay is kind of underachieving this year, but we'll see what happens. San Diego at Atlanta. Atlanta gets another another win. San Diego just has a lot of issues that they need to fix. We have New England at Pittsburgh. This pains me to say it, but New England's going to beat Pittsburgh. Seattle at Arizona, and I'm going to have to get out of here after that. I'm going to take Seattle at Arizona. I appreciate you all tuning in to the cave. Love you. God bless. And peace. We out of here. All right. We're just about out of here. But make sure you come on back next Wednesday at 6 p.m. East, 3 p.m. West for another edition of The Man Cave with J.D. Harris and friends on the Voice America Sports Channel. See you soon.